In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, Nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primo's. Hi, everybody. It's Doc from the John Freakin' Mirpod, and I want to let you know about our new website on WordPress. Take a few minutes and check it out. You'll be able to find pictures of the pod's guests, links to the podcast and social media accounts, ways to support the pod, how to get in touch, and our entire back catalog is there, including episode summaries. Missed these sections of the JMT episodes? You can find them there. Missed a Triple Crowner episode? Yep, that's there too. World travelers, adventure athletes, polar explorers, Barkley Marathon competitors, authors, filmmakers, documentarians, and more are waiting for you. Take a look at the new website, and just a reminder, adventure lives here. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Or is it? This week, this is also the Lost on Purpose pod and the Tales of the Trails podcast. More on that in just a second. First, let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying these podcasts, take just a minute and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying them, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, on to this week's content. This week, we have a unique bonus episode. This is a crossover event with two other adventure podcasts. I want to welcome to the pod Tom from the Lost on Purpose pod and Aditya and AJ from the Tales of the Trails podcast. Welcome to the episode, guys. Thanks, Doc. Thanks so much. Uh, happy yeah, to thanks be- for having us. Yeah, thank you. Okay. And you know what? Let's just get everybody accustomed to our voices. Let's uh, say hello and introduce yourself. Say your name so we know who's talking. Go first. I'm Aditya. Uh, from the Tales of the Trails podcast. Uh, hope some of you guys know me. 
I'm AJ, also from Tales of the Trails podcast, and uh, I'm really excited for this episode. So let's get started. Yeah, and I'm Tom over with Lost on Purpose. And again, thank you, Doc, for uh, getting this all set up. And I think it's going to be really unique and something all of our viewers can kind of take something from. Happy to do it. And the first thing I have to say to you guys is I am really impressed with the titles of your podcast. I mean, those are great, catchy titles, Lost on Purpose and Tales of the Trails. Tom, how did, how'd you come up with uh, Lost on Purpose? Well, it, I mean, I kind of just want to start a hiking podcast over quarantine to kind of pass the time because hiking is something I'm passionate about. So I'm pretty sure I just spent about two weeks with a notepad just writing down whenever something came to my head and most of the ideas were pretty stupid or already taken. So it was pretty difficult, but, you know, just wanted to think of something that like kind of was unique, but also apply to me. And when I go hiking, I try to think of it as like really immersing yourself in that experience and the trail. So what better than lost on purpose? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic name. How about you guys? You want to take it, AJ? Sure. I'll, I'll take it. Um, we were we also created our podcast over the quarantine this past summer. Um, we kind of just I shoot shot a text to Aditya and our other friend Andrew, and we're like, let's just start a podcast because uh, we're all Boy Scouts from the same troop. So we had a bunch of stories to tell, um, and we wanted to tell those stories or those tales of us that, uh, while we're out on the trail. So that's kind of how we got our name. Nice, very yep. good. We, we're very similar to uh, Tom and Lost on Purpose. By the way, I love that name. Uh, wish I wish I thought of it myself. But um, yeah, I remember AJ calling me up one day and he's like, hey, I want to start a podcast. And I'm like, I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of ripped him to shreds where I was like, there's so much you got to think about and there's so much we have to do. I'm in. Let's do this. Um, and so, you know, we got it started. I still remember our first episode went out July 15th of what, 20... 20 um and i mean it's been a good ride since and you know we've just been sharing our scout stories um you know personal camping stories it's been a blast yeah nice i've had a chance to listen to both both of your podcasts and you guys do a good job so congratulations on that thank you very much so the concept for this episode is to find out about the three podcasts our experiences, and have the episode air on all three shows as a crossover event. We each, have, we each have a few questions for the others about hiking and podcasting that we'll take turns asking. First of all, let's get the trail names because that's how we roll on this podcast is, you know, we strictly refer to each other by our trail names. And so, Aditya, I'm going to start with you. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a scout tradition, but it is a through hiking tradition to assign each other trail names. Do you guys have trail names? I've never been bestowed the honor of having a trail name. I've, I mean, it's always just been, you know, cause most of the time I'm going camping, it's with the troop. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm either, I'm usually in a leadership position. Uh, so, you know, senior patrol leader, assistant senior patrol leader, but nobody really calls you that. They're just like, Hey, Aditya, uh, help me cook this bacon or something. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's whatever. Uh, trail names. I've never actually thought of them. And I, I, I was looking over your outline. I was like, wow. I've never seen trail names before. I don't know. What's yours, Doc? Is it Doc? It's Doc. That's right. It's Doc. 
How about you, AJ? Um, I kind of have one. One of our scout leaders, um, he always gave everybody some crazy nicknames. His nickname himself was the White Wolf, so pretty legendary. Um, and coming into the troop, my nickname from my dad was Mini Mac because of my last name, Mac Isaac. Um, and Dave, our leader, turned it into Mini Me. So mm-hmm. I guess I'll I'll go with that as my trail name. Mini Me, okay, very good. Well, I mean, on that note, then I guess I gotta you know. I so my name's Aditya. Dave had a really hard time pronouncing that the first time we met. Um, and so what he would like to do is kind of turn our names into something fun. So there was a boy named Tommy. He would call him Tommy Taxi. Uh, and then we had one guy who only wore Crocs, and so he called them spaghetti strainers. Um, my nickname was Adidas because he just didn't want to say Aditya, uh, but. Yeah, I guess I guess Adidas works for this episode. <laughs> okay, very good. How about you, Tom? Yeah, definitely nothing like official, but the few things that probably stand out the most from one that I've been called a few times and kind of trying to make it stick a little bit more is crunch. And that just kind of has to do with uh, my background in accounting. So that was just something talking to random people on the trail, hiking one day with my girlfriend and telling them kind of a little bit about what we do. And I told him I was an accountant. He's like, oh, Crunch should be a good trail name. <laughs> so that one's always kind of stuck. Doc, how'd you get yours? Well, I, I have a doctorate, actually. And so the guys just took to tell, calling me Doc on the trail, and it just kind of stuck. I don't have an exciting story uh, that, that goes with it, but uh, it's better than a lot of other trail names that are out there. Sometimes, because you're given the trail name, you can't, can't, you can't give it to yourself. And so if something... Uh, unfortunate happens to you on the trail uh you know that could be that could be big trouble because you're stuck with that moniker for a long time uh for instance i interviewed a guy uh, a few weeks ago and his trail name was nasty noodle because of a bad ramen experience that he had oh boy yeah so that one will stick with you that's right that's right guys have you had a chance to listen to my podcast I have. Yeah. I did a little bit. I, you know, I honestly not a huge podcast person. I'll be honest. I don't even listen to my own. I, Cause I just have a blast making them. And I mean, AJ and Andrew always get at me for not listening to my own podcast, but that's yeah. kind of ironic. You are a podcaster who does not listen to podcasts. Very I love good. creating. Yes. Um, it's just, yeah. Well, the reason I ask is because I have a regular feature on the John freaking mirror pod called the pro tip insight of the week. And that is towards the end of the episode, I will turn to you guys and say, Hey guys, what is your pro tip insight of the week? What special tip trick uh, piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience that much more epic? So don't be surprised when we get to that point in the episode. I'm going to start brainstorming. Okay. Very good. And here's another feature we've been doing this season. It's called the must bring gear review. Here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So guys, what is your must bring piece of gear? Let's start with mini me. I actually have it on my desk with me. So I can, you can have a visual if you're watching this. Nice. Um, it's a Camelback water bottle. 
I actually have one from the 2017 National Jamboree. But uh, we actually tackled this in one of our episodes of like, what's the most essential item? And I said a water bottle um, filled with good water. That's a important thing too. Because uh, I think water is just one of those essential items that you need to have with you. So true. So true. Adidas, how about you? I'm trying to think of what I said on that episode that we recorded, but I think this is just karma for not actually listening to my own episodes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's really important that, uh, you know, there's always the essentials, water bottles, pocket knife, compass, all that. But I think, you know, what you're wearing plays a huge role in your camping experience. Um, and so I love my, my go-to piece of clothing, every camping trip, I'll bring them. It's like the Nike pro, uh, like leggings for men. Um, they keep me super warm. They're like virtually indestructible. I mean, AJ, I remember one of our camping trips, I dove into like a thorn bush in the middle of like a manhunt game, uh, came out with like blood stains everywhere, but there was like no holes on these leggings. <laughs> um, and so it was, I mean, they're great. Highly recommend. Uh, they keep you warm. They don't stick. They don't, they, you don't get sweaty. So it's like warm wicking uh, and you're still like versatile. Nice. Nice. Crunch. How about you? Yeah. I like the pants idea. That is definitely one I'm going to have to take back with myself for future hiking, backpacking, camping trips. But uh, one for me, and I kind of talked about it on my first episode actually is a water purifier. Uh, That's just something that like I invest in myself and I love it because especially if you know you're hiking somewhere like this past summer, I was in the Smokies and there are rivers everywhere you go. So I would, I only carried out one water bottle with me and it was just a one liter water bottle, which let me be a lot lighter on the trail, be a lot quicker, get my times a lot better. But also if I needed water, I had access all around me. So for myself, that's a must bring thing when you go out. Very good. Very good. I'm going to share that my must bring piece of gear is a tarp instead of a tent. So this is part of my shelter system. Instead of a tent, I have taken to bringing a tarp and I have spent hours on YouTube just watching different videos on different tarp pitches, different setups for the, for the tarp and all the things you can do with it. It's lighter than a tent. And it also allows you to see the night sky, which is one of the benefits of being out in the middle of nowhere is taking in that night sky and seeing all those stars. So I recommend everybody to maybe branch out, uh, get out from their comfort zone a little bit and maybe try a tarp once in a while instead of a tent. So doc, kind of going off that then what, what is your like backpacking setup like with that tarp system? How do you kind of work that? Yeah. So I don't like bugs too much. So (laughs) I also, um, you know, I was talking to Jupiter hikes uh, earlier this week and he was talking about his setup where he just has a tarp and he sleeps on top of his sleeping pad with a quilt um, to enjoy the night sky. But I, you know, I have to bring a bivy with me. So I bring a bivy, which is also pretty lightweight um, just to keep the bugs out. But I have a a bivy, a quilt and a a sleeping uh, blow up, uh, pad nice that's it's pretty solid setup we yeah, it's, it's lightweight and uh it's it's really it's not as minimal as you can go but 
it gives you that exposure to the night sky. Yeah, we just have our troop issued tents and then whatever sleeping bag we bought at the beginning of our scouting journey. You know, some of us are just roughing it out. Yeah, the sleeping bags, I, I, I'm a side sleeper. And so I, I would always kind of find myself fighting the sleeping bag in the middle of the night. And the quilt really kind of gives you that uh, freedom to move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried out the quilt yet, but just from watching YouTube videos or talking with other people on the trail, especially, I think that's something that's changing so much is switching over to a quilt system and definitely something I want to try out, but I'm just kind of like a little nervous to take that first jump into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, go online, find yourself a, a nice uh, solid quilt and, and give it a try. It's pretty cool. Try it out in the backyard first, I guess. That's right. That's right. So we tried out all our gear, right? All right. I myself have got, gone down that YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> of just watching all these videos on different products and different ways for setup. Um, and then you just find all these cool, this cool gear that you've just never heard of. And a couple of months ago, I found out about the, the quilt as well. And I have, I'm hoping to try it soon because as a hammock uh, camper, I think that could be a, a better option than a sleeping bag and just put it all the way around me. Yeah, that's a good combo, quilt and a, a, a sleeping um, a hammock. Yeah, very good, very good. So we're, let's talk about where are you guys located? I'm in Southern California. Oh, wow. Just, okay. just, just north of Los Angeles. And nice. you guys, uh, judging from the time zone you're in, you're, further, you're, you're back east. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. All yeah, right. On the other side of the, yeah. Massachusetts. And I am right in the middle, uh, originally from like the Chicagoland area, but currently in Iowa. Iowa. What part of Iowa? Uh, Des Moines. Des Moines. Okay. I was born in Waterloo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely know that area. Yeah. I was only there for six months though. I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing much. <laughs> And Massachusetts, I have to tell you guys that uh, our family is a big Tom Brady fan. So we, we really? followed the Patriots for, for many years, and we enjoyed his run in the Super Bowl this year. So AJ's a Jets fan, but yeah, it's oh, I'm tough sorry. Being That's, a Jets it's fan tough. I was just going to say, it's tough being a Jets fan. So yes. kudos to you. Yeah, Brady's, Brady's making a hell of a living down in Florida, though. So yeah throwing lombardi trophies across uh across the ocean to another boat yeah across the marina uh-huh. and so uh, adidas and mini me you guys got your start in hiking through the through the scouts correct pretty much correct. yeah yeah and crunch how about you how did the, how did you get involved in the outdoor cult uh, a lot of it was when i was younger i was pretty involved in scouts but kind of stepped away from that for a few years and now just my girlfriend and I are both really big into traveling and hiking. And I have friends at school who are also really into that. And for me, it's just a great like escape from whatever's going on. It's hard being in the Midwest because there isn't a whole lot of like great hikes. I mean, I've gone on seven mile hikes that are all on like a paved road where you could see cars and highways the whole time, but it's really all you can do around here. So trying to take advantage of those weekends when you can get away for a little bit, but yeah, just love being out there. Right. You must be really enjoying your time in Southern California. 
Yeah, there are so many great hikes in Southern California. I, I'm just a couple of hours away from the Sierras, which is uh, fantastic. And uh, there are lots of local hikes. There's literally, a, you know, just down the road, probably less than less than a mile from my house is a, a great seven mile loop that takes you up into the hills. Um, and it's it's just absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, very fortunate to be to be where I am and be have that access to these trails. Yeah, I think the only access I've got is about, it's probably like 500 feet from my house. There's a trail to a local campsite. Um, and so that it's called Big Indian. It's a campsite that our troop loves to go to because it's like right next door. You know, if there's any, if there's ever a problem, you just run to my house. Uh, but it's it's like a nice little cozy campsite um, close to home. It's by the, uh, it's by the uh, town reservoir. So it's a, it's a nice place to be. Nice. All right. Hey, let, let's talk about some hiking stories. You guys have any favorite hiking stories? I've got, I've got one in mind that I want to share with you guys from a, a trip a couple of summers ago. And it was from uh, a place in the Sequoia National Forest called Mineral King Loop. So this is the Mineral King Loop. And it is a, uh, it's a loop, obviously. It's about 35, 38 miles long. And you go over two passes that are about 11,000 feet high. You, you go over Black, Black Rock Pass and then uh, Sawtooth Pass. And so I went with my son, Jukebox, and uh, my friend, Chopper, who earned his trail name on this trip. Nice. We, we started out uh, that day, the first day, and we, we camped just south of Black Rock Peak got up the next morning and got over Black Rock Peak, Peak and on the approach to that pass, uh, Chopper just started feeling terrible. I mean, he was, he was hiking maybe 50 yards and stopping and throwing up and uh, doing another 50 yards and bend over and catch his breath. And so we got up over the pass and descended, and I was pretty sure he had altitude sickness. And so altitude sickness strikes out of nowhere. Uh, you can, you can hike a hundred hikes uh, at elevation and it never affects you once. And on the hundred and first hike, you could get it. There's no, no, no accounting for it. And so luckily we, after Black Rock Pass, we, um, there's a ranger station. And so Jukebox uh, left us at the side of a lake and he went over to the ranger station about a half mile down the trail and got the ranger and brought him back and they checked him out and said, yep, you've got altitude sickness. And we kind of, he treated him a little bit and then we went and kind of set up outside the ranger station while he was conversing with the local hospital outside of Sequoia National in Visalia. And the doctors at the hospital said, well, the only cure for altitude sickness is to get lower. Yeah, and unfortunately, we were stuck on a section of the trail between two passes, between two 11,000 foot passes and the altitude, you couldn't get down any further than I think maybe 9,500 feet. And so in order to get him down, he would have to go over Sawtooth Pass and, and get down after that, but that's too dangerous. So they called in for a helicopter evacuation. And so we got to watch a chopper fly into Mineral King and set down on the edge of this lake. And I was really hoping that they would strap a uh, chopper to this, one of the skids, you know, just kind of you know, use some bungee cords or something and strap him to one of the skids and then take off. But no, they, they put him inside the helicopter and he, 
he flew <laughs> off. But uh, Jukebox and I finished the hike, but that was a very memorable moment. And he was on the, he was on the, the prowl for a good trail name. And what better trail name than Chopper? So awesome. there yeah, you go. Yeah, he's not going to live that he, looked, he lucked out with the trail name, though. Because right? there were a couple uh, worse names that he could have gotten. That's right. That's right. Juke, jukebox and pukebox. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's hear from you guys. What, what kind of stories do you have from the trail? Hiking You see, most of our camping trips, the boys that we go camping with are too lazy to go hiking. So we spend all day just sitting at the site, telling stories. They're like, you know, if it's a winter camping, we'll just build a ramp and go sledding. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to, I can't really put my finger on like a specific hiking story. AJ, you might have one. Um, so we were at um, Knobscot uh, Scout Reservation. It's like five minutes away from my house. And so my dad came over to help us all with some orienteering with a map and compass and um you know we kind of went through all the the trails and we uh hit up a stop we wrote down the the um sig the sign they were like greek signs and other stuff yeah um and i was last to go with my uh, buddy and we kind of went and we picked up all the wooden signs and we get back to camp and there's a trio that's out missing uh andrew who's the uh, other person on our podcast he was in that in that group and so we prepare to go out and do search and rescue and everything and just as we're heading out we see them walking up the trail soaked and it was a pretty dry day, so it would have been very hard for them to get soaked. And it turned out that they took a wrong turn. And um, our uh, genius scout, Andrew, is like, why don't we just walk through the woods here instead of, and go off the trail? Uh, and they also didn't look at their map because it would have told them there was a marsh right there. Oh, yep. no. So... They went right into the marsh, got soaked, and uh, then Andrew put one of them on his shoulders and tried going even further. Yep. Uh, and they, they had to bail on that idea and go back somewhere else. So it's uh, like going like no, like yeah, more- it was it was cold too. So I think or they went right into our cabin and warmed up, but. Um, so they did not pass the orienteering course that day. That's what I was just going to ask. They got a, a big, big fail on that task. Mm-hmm. Very good. How about you, Crunch? Got any stories? Yeah, I got a few. If I had to pick one, probably though, uh, have you guys ever heard of Devil's Tower National Monument? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I think it was last summer we were out there on our way to Yellowstone actually. And we just stopped for the afternoon to do some hiking before getting back in the car, kind of break up the 16 and a half hour car ride a little bit. Uh, but if you guys have ever seen devil's tower, it straight, really tall tower, but it kind of has a bend backwards actually. Like if you look at it from the right angle, you could see it kind of arching backwards and we're doing the loop around it. It's a 
fairly easy trail, nothing too strenuous. And we're almost done. And I'm hiking with my girlfriend at the time. And she stops and looks up at the tower. And she's like, put your thumb up. So I put up my left thumb. And we realized my left thumb is the exact shape as Devil's Tower. Well, when I was younger, uh, through baseball, I like slightly dislocated my left thumb. And it's just never been able to go straight back into position. So I have a very extreme hitchhiker's thumb. And, you know, we stood there for about five minutes just comparing my thumb to Devil's Tower, realizing that they were one in the same. And that was just something that I am never able to forget now. Now, Crunch, there's a, there's a trail name story in there somewhere, I'm sure. We, we could call you the thumb. We could call you uh, DT for Devil's Tower. We call you the hitcher. Yeah, no, I mean, I would be good with any of those. Like I said at the beginning, I was never truly bestowed a trail name. Now, you, you started that story with your girlfriend at the time. So is she no longer your girlfriend? No, we're still together. We do most of our hikes together. Okay, I just want to clarify. So she was your girlfriend at the time, and she is still your girlfriend? Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. You want to give her a shout-out? Does she have a trail uh, name? No, she does not. But, yes, I will give her a shout-out. She's actually been a recurring guest on my podcast. Jocelyn, hello. Hope you're doing well. Yes, yeah. I, I, had, I had the pleasure of listening to one of those episodes. Yeah, she travels a lot. She, she so far travels a little bit more than me, and I'm, I'm jealous of her from that. But I'm hoping once I'm done with school to catch up to her. Nice. I was about to ask, is she in the next room over? or like? Uh, no, she is currently not here. I'm sitting in an elementary education room currently. Okay. Oh, so what is your profession, Crunch? Uh, I am... I'm about to graduate this May in accounting. Uh, I'm currently staying in my school's library, though. Got it. Got it. Now, you said elementary education, though. Yeah, they only have a few private rooms on campus, and they were all taken. So we have some teaching rooms. So I just stole one of those, and I'm sitting in the corner back there hoping no one comes in. Got it. I thought I was talking to a future educator. No, my, my girlfriend is, not me. Okay. I couldn't handle that. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some, some nitty gritty of what our podcasts are about, uh, what some of our, our former or future guests are on our podcasts, and maybe talk about some upcoming adventures. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. This is Jamil Curry. I'm an ultra runner, entrepreneur, and filmmaker, and you're listening to the John Freaking Mir Pod. And welcome back. We are talking to Adidas and Mini Me from Tales of the Trail podcast and Crunch from Lost on Purpose Pod. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty on what we, what, what listeners can expect to find when they tune in to our podcast. So who wants to go first here and talk about the, the content of the podcast? Um, I could go first with okay. Tales of Trails. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we start as a, as what I like to call a quarantine creation. Uh, it was just three boys coming together 
um, sharing our stories with what we like to call the modern world. You know, um, we go into the wilderness to step out of the hustle and bustle. And now we're stepping back into that hustle and bustle to bring a little wilderness to it. Um, we, we, um, we, so our first season, you know, we were getting kind of getting the hang of what podcasting is all about, you know, finding what we need, building an audience, um, sharing stories. We've talked about, um, like our favorite food from camps, uh, uh, from like our summer camp. We've talked about leadership. Uh, we've taken on some deeper topics like, you know, time and, you know, building time for yourself and for camping and for spending time outdoors. Um, I mean, we've, we've done, we've done a whole episode where we just sing songs and I highly recommend you don't listen to that one because, uh, well, we're a bunch of high school guys and none of us have ever practiced singing. So, uh, it it was a fun episode to record though. I'll, I'll give you that. Nice. Mini me, anything to add? Yeah. So DTA kind of talked about our past episodes, um, I'll give a little bit about our future episodes and what the plan is. So we uh, finished season one at New Year's. So we're working on season two and um, we're coming out real soon. I think uh, the date is um, March March 7th. 7th. Yeah. So we're doing that. And our goal for this season is to have a different guest on every episode. Um, so I would say we have a really cool guest in the, uh, John Muir podcast and lost on purpose, but you guys are already listening to this one. Um, we're reconnecting with some old troop members, um, in one of our other episodes. Um, and we're just trying to mix it up a little bit and give everybody a little bit of something. Fantastic. Crunch. How about, uh, the lost on purpose pod? Yeah. So. I wanted to try and find a, you know, big way to kind of be different from other outdoor podcasts or hiking podcasts, whatever the category may be. And I kind of struggled with that through the first episodes, trying to find that identity. But something that I have really enjoyed doing is finding people who have kind of different little like areas of the outdoor realm that they specialize in and talking to them. So at one point I had a group, two women called New World Nomads. Uh, They went and both of them like were writers originally and they left their jobs and started their own freelance writing service. And they just travel around Arizona and Nevada doing, you know, things they normally wouldn't do like camping for a week on their own and learning to kind of live off the land and travel and backpack. And they write about this for local newspapers or magazines. So it was really interesting to talk to someone like that. And then also I had a park ranger from Yellowstone National Park on, and that was really interesting because she brought a lot of insight from more of the kind of what goes on behind the scenes at these national parks that so many of us visit that we may not really realize. And I think those are the two areas I'm going to continue to move forward in is trying to interview people like rangers or people, you know, who have unique experiences to bring. But then I also love just talking to people 
from the trail who do have their own stories. A big thing I want to do this summer is if I meet someone out on the trail, try and talk to them for a few minutes and see if they have a story to share, even from that day or from a previous day, trying to make it a very interactive show. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Interactive is very good. Like those concepts. Uh, if, if you were to tune into the John freaking Mirpod, um, we're about 70 episodes in about now we had 50 episodes in season one and it started off also as a pandemic kind of uh, venture. It actually started before the pandemic. I was just trying to find a way as I was stuck in LA traffic to uh, stay connected to the trail. And I thought, you know, what, you know, what do I like to do? I, I, I like to, to talk about backpacking and adventure and, and how can I share that? And so I came up with this concept of the John freaking Mirpod. And so early on, the episode, if you were to turn in and listen to the, the early episodes, it was me and my hiking buddies talking about trips that we had taken or maybe interviewing a, a long trail hiker like Zena, the through hiker who did the Appalachian Trail uh, and talk about her experience. And I've kind of evolved into talking to all kinds of outdoor adventurers um, or people that, that my listeners would find interesting. Uh, for example, I had uh, Jason Fitzpatrick, who was the co-writer or the writer of the co-producer and co-director of the John Muir Trail documentary, Mile, Mile and a Half, on the podcast earlier this season. Uh, I had Eric Larson on, who was uh, is the only man to have ever gone to the South Pole, North Pole, and the top of Mount Everest in a single calendar year. And then an upcoming episode I, I have coming up uh, very soon here, Jamil Corey, who is an ultra runner, and he is participating in something he calls the Slam of the Damned, where it is three of the um, most arduous trail, ultra trail races, as well as the Barkley marathons. And so I am a, if anybody has listened to the pod before, they know that I am a, a huge Barkley marathons nerd. And I'm curious to know if you guys uh, have any idea what the Barkley marathons are. Yeah, I've seen the, some documentaries and stuff on it. My uh, old gym teacher, like applied and almost got to run um but he but yeah i've i've heard from it from my cousins and it's like insane the stuff that these people can do completely insane crunch have you, have you heard of it crunch no i have never heard of it okay, care to share more about it absolutely absolutely and adidas i saw you shaking your head that's why i didn't ask you you don't seem to be uh familiar with no i've never heard of them they need you to tell me about them okay so i'm going to give you two documentaries to watch uh, and the titles of the documentary will tell you a little bit about the Barkley Marathons. The first one is called The Barkley Marathons, The Race That Eats Its Young. Nice. Okay, great. And the other documentary is called Where Dreams Go to Die. Jesus. Okay, these don't sound fun. So it is an insane race. It's based on uh, – it actually, it's inspired on the escape of a prisoner from a – uh, maximum state, a maximum security prison in Tennessee. The guy got out and it was such rough terrain around the prison that he was gone for 60 hours and he only made it two miles from the prison. And so the guy, the creator of the Berkeley marathons said, you know what, if I was out for 60 hours, I could have gone a hundred miles. And so that's the premise of this. It is a course set up in Tennessee at uh, a national a state park. It's a state park. And you're off trail. 
and so there's there's a, a few things that you have to be good at. You have to be good at uh, orienteering, right? You have to be good at finding your way. Uh, there are these. There, there, it's a single loop that you have to run five times and you have to do it in 60 hours. And the loop is said to be 20 miles long, but it is, uh, the competitors have said it's probably closer to 30 miles long. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's all kinds of eccentricity and quirks uh, about this course and the way it's run. You run the first loop uh, clockwise. And then when you get back to the, the start line, then you run the other direction counterclockwise and you do that for the first four loops and then on the fifth loop uh, the first person back goes one direction and then the second person goes the other direction and they they switch off so if you've been traveling in a group uh, the whole time and doing this together this will will split you up and the other thing you have to be good at is you have to be good at operating under sleep deprivation because you only have 12 hours to do each loop and if you can't finish in 12 hours you're disqualified and the race is so tough that in the 30 plus years of its existence, there's only been 15 finishers of the five loops. So. Yeah. Now that you say that, I definitely have heard of it. Not too familiar, but I've heard about the grueling, like torture you put your body through to do it. Uh, definitely need to check those documentaries out though, to see what they actually go through to get it done. I gotta say this sounds kind of fun <laughs> like so take a listen take a listen next monday night uh to jameel Corey on the john freaking your pod he's been in it five times and he is one of the the world's most elite ultra runners and he has not finished it so that kind of gives you some insight into how difficult this race really is wow okay all right. How about some upcoming adventures? What do you guys have planned for adventure in your lives? Any, any upcoming trips? The SATs. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, troop is, so, you know, with COVID and everything, I mean, it's put a real halt in troop camping um, and traveling. You know, over here in Massachusetts, camping kind of gets a little bland. Uh, you know, once you go, once you go one place, it's like, how many times can you go to the same place? Um, I think we, we've got a tr trip planned with the troop for Knobscot next month. Uh, it's just like a fun, it's, it's a, it's a scout reservation in uh, Framingham. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's decently sized, a uh, little bit of history. It was burnt to the ground uh, a while ago. And so if you dig deep enough, you'll just hit a layer of ash um uh but it's a, it's a really nice place they've got cabins and tent sites um and we usually do either like the huge orienteering loop around the entire site or um if there's snow on the ground it's an excellent place to go sledding nice all right crunch how about you what's your next adventure yeah uh i will be going in may to Canyonlands and Arches National Park. Uh, when we, we tend to do a lot of the national parks for our hikes, so especially just being in the Midwest, if we're going to do traveling, like, yes, it does suck that nothing is super close to us, but we're about the same drive from everywhere. So it's easy to go to a lot of places and we try to make them the parks 
So we're going to be doing some camping and some hiking when we're out there. I don't think we're doing any backpacking on that one just because we're going with a little bit of a larger group. Uh, but we're staying at a KOA and just hitting some of the parks there. And then at the end of the summer, going to the Grand Tetons to do some backpacking. Nice. Those are some beautiful areas. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped. I, we haven't done official backpacking yet, a lot of camping, a lot of hiking. So I'm, we feel prepared and pretty ready to do that. We we've done everything we really need to just time hasn't really allowed it so far. So we're excited for that one. Right. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a cousin who was able to secure permits for the mineral King loop, which I talked about earlier where chopper got uh, evac out of mm-hmm. uh, she and her fiance have invited me to go with them. So I'm excited to do that this July. Uh, hopefully, uh, not leave on a helicopter. And then uh, a couple of guests that I've talked to this year, I've kind of invited myself or they've invited me to maybe participate in trips that they've got. So uh, I talked to Tesla, who is uh, from Czechoslovakia, no, Serbia, Czechoslovakia, Serbia, one of those countries. I I apologize, Tesla, if you're listening, but his next adventure is going to be the Arizona Trail. He's going to do it from the northern border of Arizona down to the uh, border of Mexico. And so I was going to, he invited me to join him for the first couple of days on that. I don't have time to do the whole trail with him. That'd be fun. And then PJ, uh, who is in London, he is going to do the Jamir trail. He's applying for a permit anyway. And I told him that I would resupply him over Kearsarge pass when he comes through. So I'm hoping that he gets his permit and I can do that with him. So that'd be a lot of fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Location definitely. Uh, played you guys the better hand there um, but also you know being 16 and still having to be in school and being tied down to the joys of the academic world yeah you've got time on your side adidas yeah yeah we have time but not in the moment yeah something always gets in our way at least for the troop going somewhere the past couple of years we've been planning to do um, some backpacking trips um, a couple of years ago it got canceled in the fall because of Tripoli um, and the mosquitoes and then because of COVID that also got canceled again so um, maybe we'll be able to do that for the troop um, soon but I guess for me any adventure in the future is good because a couple months ago I broke my leg um, so I've just been rehabbing and getting back into it so I'm almost ready to get out there um, and at least do something a little hike here or there yeah you need to get out there you probably got cabin fever I do yeah just like if my dad was going to the store I'd keep you like let me go in the car with you just to get out of the house yeah. that's desperate right there yes very good uh-huh. Yeah, I will say, like, the pandemic has got me missing some of my previous travels. Um, I've probably hiked, like, every inch of New Hampshire. We New Hampshire is right next door, so uh, we, we used to go every summer. Uh, we went this summer uh, with a few friends back when COVID wasn't, you know, as blown up. Uh, and we did, we were in Aditash. We did, like, the... We did the Diane Bats. We did, uh, there was like a huge uphill hike. It was a few miles, but it was straight uphill. 
um it was and it was like off of some private person like private property's backyard but we kind of just snuck around to do this hike um and that was that was pretty tiring uh, but the view was amazing at the top and i climbed a tree uh so that, any any trip where i climb a tree is a good trip it's a success yeah but i think the the trip that i miss the most is hawaii um i got we we went out to hawaii uh august of 2018 uh we did uh how i always mispronounce it i think it's heliakala mm-hmm. um Volcano, yep yep and then we did the i think it's like the diamond 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 head diamond head yep yep um to see the sunrise so we did nice. that we got up early morning and we started at the bottom and as we were going up the sun rose and then we could see it was cool there was a picture i took where you could see the city the ocean and the like forest or the wilderness all in this one picture it was like a perfect trifecta um, well, you're gonna have to share that picture i want to see that yeah i'll have to uh i'll have to send that out some way let's see if i can pull it up it might take me a minute no that's okay we can do we can promote this on social media you can send it to me afterwards and we'll, we'll get it out there it sounds cool all right, you guys ready to participate in uh, a hiking poll? Let's do it. All right, this is not P-O-L-E, this is P-O-L-L. This is where we settle some age-old hiking questions or just some general shenanigans. So here is my question for you guys. Boots or trail runners? I could start with this one. Okay. Uh, so I currently use boots and have been for probably the last two years, but if I had the option to go hiking tomorrow, I would first go buy trail runners before going because I, like I said, I've had these boots for probably two years now and not once were they comfortable on my feet. Uh, I change socks and I always get blisters or like my toes will be just bleeding and blistering up. So I just personally have not had good luck with hiking boots. I think that trail runners would be a good option. I've always heard good things about them. A lot of people are really, especially now, like hyping them up and saying how reliable they are and how much more kind of freedom your feet have. So I think I'm going to have to go with those. Okay. Mamie, agree or disagree? Um, I'm going to agree with him. I was uh, just going, uh, I did a little hike the other day up to visit our troop at the campsite. Um, and I was thinking, because they were like, don't wear sneakers, bring boots, because there's snow on the ground. And I was thinking to myself, there hasn't been a camping trip where I haven't worn sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always wear sneakers. Um, over the years, like when you've grown up, the clothes and shoes, they don't fit you for so long because you're, you're growing so quickly. But uh, sneakers have always just remained a constant, even through different pairs of boots and everything. Just the the comfort of the, of the sneakers, I think, um, does it for me. Okay, two for two, Adidas. I mean, with your name, with your trail name, I have to I have to assume you're going to go with uh, trail runners. Well, you see, I mean, y- yeah, I'm I'm a huge. I love to run. Uh, track and cross country and I love trail running you know that just that boost of adrenaline you get where just you're whizzing by trees and um, I feel like with you know sneakers or trail runners you can be a little bit more like 
agile, you know, you can avoid the rocks or, you know, um, uneven surfaces, but with boots, it's like where you put your foot, you put your foot. Um, and so that's why I feel like you can't go wrong with boots, but I got to say trail runners or sneakers for me, because I just, I whiz. I'm, I'm so fast on those mountains. Um, I was nicknamed the Billy Goat of our troop. Billy Goat. There's so, another, another trail self, name Self-appointed nickname for him. It was, it was by Evan Doctor. Shout out to Evan Doctor. But yeah. Very good. Well, I have to make it four for four because trail, trail runners were a game changer for me. I did the first few hiking seasons in boots and was constantly uh, having sore feet and blisters and doing nothing but thinking about how bad my feet hurt with every step for multiple days on end. And when I went to trail runners, that all changed. Didn't think about my feet, had the best time. And so that really kind of uh, flipped the switch for me on, on the hiking game. So trail runners for sure. I think boots are good for like shorter hikes. You know, you can't, you can't really have boots on for like a 20, 30 mile hike. It's like, you need the comfort of a cozy sneaker that lets your feet breathe and feel mm -hmm. free. All right. You guys have a question for the hiking pole? My, my heated argument is always like, what are people's opinions on glamping? And like, you know, I always say like my, my main point is like, if you can watch Netflix while you're camping, that's not camping. Like that's just, that's not fair. Um, and I kind of like meshes into that pro insight of, like living in the moment a little bit um, and stepping away from, you know, everything that we take for granted, whether it's like running water, electricity, or uh, all the luxury luxuries that we don't necessarily think are luxuries, but are. Um, and I just, I, I like to say like, you know, when you're camping, truly camp and you know, take away those luxuries, live in the moment. And uh, yeah, sleep on the ground, be cold. I think I, yeah, like embrace it a little bit. All right. I'll weigh in on that one. I think if there's, if there's glamping and it's getting people out of their, uh, out of their houses and out into nature in some way, I think that's good. But I would agree that glamping is glamping. It's not camping. It's, it's not. not, it's not roughing it. Um, you should be sleeping on the ground. You shouldn't be using indoor plumbing or even an outhouse. You should have your own, uh, trowel with you uh, to to make sure that you experience uh, the full the full deal out there so i agree adidas doc you had me in the first half there <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm always up against adidas right because i always like to encourage people to just go outside and you know a start is a start so whatever they feel comfortable with just getting outside and being with nature as they see fit and as they uh, feel as comfortable, I'm always encouraging that. Um, so I mean, I'm, if, I'm okay with that too, but don't come back and tell me you went camping because it wasn't camping. It wasn't camping. And the thing is being outside with a twin size mattress and indoor plumbing and, you know, a full set, like a full stove set and, you know, like an unlimited data plan. Like that's not, that's not camping, okay? Sure, you're outside. I'm, I'm good for you. I'm happy you're taking steps. But I think we could have taken a bigger step, to be honest. I mean, every time we go to a, a big Indian, 
a DT is always like, oh, if you need to go use the bathroom, just head to my house. <laughs> so, I mean, a DT is kind of promoting it there. Yeah. I don't mean it. I don't want any of you at my house. <laughs> Crunch, you want to weigh in? Yeah, I would have to say, uh, well, one, I hope my podcast title kind of gives my answer away. I'm very big on just trying to really lose yourself in where you are. Even if that isn't like hiking, camping, whatever it is, just kind of being with that moment, not really needing other things to distract you. So I think that's why my preferred method of camping is not even camping by your car, going a little bit further away. So you don't have that, you know, safety net or luxury of, Oh, if it's hot or cold, I go in my car or whatever it is like truly embracing what's around you because for that night or two nights or however long you're out there, that's what you have. So I think trying to build that mindset of throwing yourself out there is the best way to do it. Agreed. Agreed. There is a special feeling about being dropped off in the wilderness and uh, saying, uh, okay, we'll see you uh, eight days from now, a hundred miles that direction. And right. you've got everything you need on your back and you've got your two feet and that's where you have to get. Uh, it's kind of like that Bear Grylls TV show. That's right. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I like that crunch where it's like, I think, I think camping is really all about pushing yourself. Uh, you know, your first time is a big step, you know, and uh, we, we always talk about like having, like not stressing about having all this gear and spending thousands of dollars on top of the line gear. I mean, my, my first camping trip, I went with like a 50 degree sleeping bag. Trust me, I was cold. Uh, if you if you didn't if you couldn't tell already, um, it was a troop issue tent, and I brought all of my gear in like a small little duffel bag. Um, it it was an excellent time. Like I well for, always remember that camping trip, uh, partially because I wish I had more stuff with me, but also because I had a blast. And so I think, you know, when you first go out to camp, yes, it's a big step. But then it's just a bunch of little steps from there. Yeah, every trip should be a learning experience. You should you should take something away from it and uh, store it away for next time. Right, because you never stop learning until one day you just become Mother Nature, and that's not going to happen. For me, I think like the reason I'm okay with glamping is, I think camping is more of the experiences you get, and it's not necessarily the gear you bring or the gear you don't bring. But just like being there and like having a good time and having a good experience that you can share with other people. That's like the only thing that really matters. Okay. We were a little split on that one. Crunch, what do you have for us? Do you have a hiking pole question? I don't know if this would necessarily qualify as a poll question, but I've always been the believer of get out early, start early, so that whether you are camping out there or just going for a day hike, you finish at a decent time. Like, even if something does happen to go wrong, like you have time on your side, you have more daylight. Like, yes, you should always travel with flashlights and be prepared for that. But if you leave early, you have that little advantage. But I know people also say like, oh, sleep in a little longer, have that extra rest, more energy. 
what are your guys' ideas on that? Yeah, I think that's a good question. That's a good hiking pool. I, I would be of the same mindset that uh, we were always breaking camp around 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and trying to get the majority of our hiking done um, prior to the heat of the day. So I think that's a, a good um, work ethic on the trail, if you're, especially if you're doing a long distance hike. Yeah, that's a big thing for me too, is I don't like the heat or when the trails get crowded. So especially if you're on a very like popular trail, or even if it's just a stretch of the trail that does get popular, I like to be out there early to kind of beat those people. So you're not constantly stepping aside for other people and kind of slowing yourself and others down. Yep. AJ, what do you think? I'm going to answer this question. Like I, uh, I tackle my schoolwork, <laughs> leave it, leave it to the end. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of like a slow morning and then kind of getting out there later in the day. Uh, for me, you know, it kind of just slows things down instead of rushing in the morning. Uh, you can have a nice breakfast. Um, and then as well, I'm, I'm not a morning person at all. So if I can, um, push it to the limit and uh, wake up as late as possible. That's my preference. Yeah. I think with the troop, we try to find like a happy medium. Uh, usually like get that morning breakfast in like seven o'clock and then start the day around eight, eight thirty. However, I am a diehard early morning person. Um, I love, I love the morning. I love waking up to the brisk, like fresh air. I think in the morning there's two things. Uh, there's a little bit of clarity that comes with just the freshness, uh, you know, stepping outside, you know, you might be the only person awake and I'm usually the first person awake on camping trips. Um, and I just like to step outside and it's just, I feel the quiet and it feels really nice. Uh, everything is still, um, especially at like places like the Massachusetts Jamboree where there's thousands of people there or hundreds of people there getting up early in the morning and just seeing nobody awake, nobody hustling and bustling, nobody screaming to make patch trades um, is, is one of the most amazing feelings. But the second thing is there's less pollution. Uh, you know, there's no noise pollution there. You know, cars haven't come on the road yet. So there's the, the air is still fresh in the morning. And so that's for me taking that first, uh, breath of fresh air in the morning is just something I won't ever miss. Uh, so yeah, I'm an early morning person. Uh, crunch. I'm right there with you on that. Get up in the morning, start your morning strong. I think you feel energized when you get up in the morning a bit early. Once you get it going, you'll feel energized and you'll just carry through the day. Yeah. Give me like two cups of coffee and I'm good for the rest of the day. So mini me, you were outnumbered again on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you get up and like you're actually awake, I mean, you just kind of go. But I, uh, I like my sleep, so uh, I just I'm used to staying up later. So with my sleep schedule, it's easier just to kind of wait a little bit in the morning. He's a night bug. All right. So hey, another re regular feature we do on the John Frickin Muir Pod, kind of. Uh, comes and goes is the impromptu top five list based on kind of stuff we've been talking about since there are four of us here on on this episode we're going to make it a 
impromptu top four list. All right. And here is the, the category top four luxury campsite items. Right. And so each one of us is going to pick one and kind of share it and just a, a brief explanation as to why that is our, our luxury campsite item. Who'd like to go first on this one? I think a DT should go for or Adidas should go first because he's always complaining about glamping. <laughs> I mean, anything besides like, so the way we, we pack for troops is like, we just pack and what, you know, whatever you forget, you forget. And now you got to live with it. And so like we have our basic propane stoves and utensil kits and tables and everything, but something that I would consider luxury I don't know. Oh, he's stumped. I'm, yeah. He's stumped. Mini me. It's up to you. We'll give give him a little bit of time to think here. Yeah. So I'll go with uh, my joke answer first, which would be a Bernie. He's one of our (laughs) our adult leaders, and he basically does like everything for us. Like, if if something is not packed, he'll pack it for us, he'll help us with food. So that'd be pack pack yourself a Bernie. It'd be great to just have a Bernie and shout out to uh, Mr. Temple. But um, I think the real luxury item would be like a generator. Because with a generator, you can like plug in anything. You can get any electronic. You could plug in like a heater or lights or whatever. So I'd have to go with the generator. That is a luxury item. And uh, that would be tough to bring on some of the longer trails. All right. Crunch, how about you? What's your luxury item? So I don't know if this counts as two items, uh, but I will take the guy and the guitar. So the guy who knows how to play the guitar and his guitar. Because oh, I could have brought my guitar. Something about that just like makes it a little bit different and a little bit more unique of a camping experience. So that would be my luxury item. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. We we are doing a section of the John Muir Trail, and we we started off in Yosemite at uh, a volunteer camp that we were friends with one of the persons volunteering, and she invited us to stay there that night. And after after dinner, the chef broke out a guitar and was just belting out song after song after song on the guitar around the campfire, and it was it was epic. So good choice there, Crunch. Crunch, I want to make your luxury item come true. I, you got to give me 30 seconds. Let me think of, I think I was thinking my luxury item, AJ, Bernie is like the camping hack. I mean, we, we always do like a shopping list, but he doesn't even follow our shopping list because he knows we made a mistake. So he knows what we want and he just grabs it. And uh, it, he's, he's just a really, really good camper. But um, I think, yeah, like a luxury item would be like like a power bank. Similar to what AJ said, but a little more portable. Um, those things, especially in the cold, they don't stick around for very long. Um, and so I would say having like a good, reliable power bank would be my luxury item. Okay. Good I'm going to go get my guitar. Give me like 30 seconds. Uh-oh. Okay. Adidas going to get the guitar. And my, not- luxury, my luxury item would be, and, and the, the, I know our ultralight hikers out there, our through hikers, our triple crowners are going to shake their head at me, but it is a camp chair. And so if you can invest in a, you know, a one pound chair, that one pound is very much worth it. 
because after a number of days on the trail, you get really sick of sitting on top of your bear canister or sitting on a rock or sitting on a log with no kind of back support. So uh, there is nothing like sitting down at camp after a long day of hiking and sitting in a chair with a back on it. So that is my luxury item for sure. Yeah, that that is a great item. I don't. I would kill to have a chair everywhere I would go out there. That would be that. That is a great extra item. Yeah, and the specific brand I would say would be the Helionox Chair Zero. It lay. I think it weighs less than a pound. Oh, I wow. have one of the uh, knockoff of the Helionox. Um, it's not very good, but. I don't bring it everywhere, but when I do, it's like, um, it's always a hit in our troop at least because everybody wants a a nice seat to sit down. We, uh, we, uh, started playing like five games, games, uh, game where you call fives and you get like five minutes to leave and come back. And it it just became a vicious game in our troop. So we had to, uh, get rid of it. So a chair is just one of those luxury items. Nice. And Adidas has pulled out the guitar. Crunch. This is what do you have for us? Uh, Stand By Me by Benny King, a classic. I'm not much of a singer, so I'm not going to sing. If you want to hear me sing, go listen to tunes on Tales of the Trails. But Adidas, very good. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, this is that's a fun one. I just like to usually. I mean, I haven't actually brought this thing camping because I, I don't want to get more scratches or bumps or bruises on it. It's my uh, my little baby. It's perfect quality, perfect shape, and I, I'm kind of uh, very anxious with it. So um, I, I, I do need to take it camping once, though. So sounded great. You guys just got the uh, Adidas special because uh, I never get serenaded like that. <laughs> I, I still haven't done it for our show. I was, I've been working on a few rips to make like an intro for our show, but you'll have, to, you'll have to tune in on March 7th to hear that. All right. Hey, guys, you know where we are? Where are we? We are at that time of the episode where I ask for your pro tip insight of the week. All right. What tip, trick, insight, piece of wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience that much more epic? I'm going to go last on this because I want to hear what you guys say. Okay. I can start. Go ahead, Crunch. A big one for me that I have just learned that really, really helps me throughout the entire day is to make sure to eat something, not just like a big breakfast, but something that will sustain you through the day, especially when you are doing those long mile days. And what I have found works the best for me is oatmeal, pick whichever kind you want. I mean, you don't need to be too picky about it, but that's something where I, I truly realize that it gives me that sustained energy throughout a day to kind of push through. Very good. Good tip. You want me to go next? Go for it, Doc. Okay. 
my tip would be to take every opportunity to jump in a body of water yes. wherever you can. Oh, that's a good one. It, it, it's going to, especially if you're in the Sierras, it's going to be cold. You know, the Alpine lakes are, are, are pretty darn cold, but just the uh, feeling you get, it's like a, a shot of espresso uh, jumping in there and just being invigorating and uh, it really, really wakes you up and revives you, especially at the end of a, end of a long day of hiking. AJ, what you got? Yeah, I'll go next. I'm not sure if uh, this piece of wisdom might be helpful to everybody listening because hopefully you've already done it. But it's, uh, it's just to get out there um, and just go out there and be with wilderness. The wilderness, um, it's, it's just a, a crazy experience that, you know, you can't match it at all. And I'll bring in one of my favorite quotes, and it's uh, from John, I think it's Gettys or Jeeds. I don't know how to pronounce it, sorry. But it's light a campfire and everybody's a storyteller. And, you know, it's always spoke to me. Just get out there, have some fun, and you'll have some great stories to tell your friends. Very good. Um, as a scout, I got I to gotta respond to Doc's uh, insight that, or pro tip that make sure that body, is safe, that body of water is safe before you jump into it. Uh, we, we did do... We went up to a hail reservation in in where is in Westwood, um, and they they have like a huge lake there, and we all jumped in, but that it was freezing, um, yeah. so it was like enough to just freeze your blood. So we were like out of there very fast. But um, my my pro in or my pro tip is you know less kind of gear related or actual trip related and more of. Uh, Truly enjoy your trips and spend time, uh, you know, with the people that you have around you, um, camping and enjoying the wilderness, you know, look at the stars, take a minute. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I like to step away from the group too, uh, and just kind of think about, you know, how far I've come personally or, you know, how much I've already accomplished in this week or in this month or in this year. Um, and the wilderness is a great place to think. Um, and so I would say really use it for what it's offering. Um, AJ just, uh, reminded me, be prepared. That's our, what, scout motto? Is that mm -hmm. what it is? Yep. I always forget which one, like, and then the slogans, like, do a good turn daily. But for me, yeah, just really, really enjoy the moment. Um, and don't, you know, when you're out in the wilderness, if you're going on a weekend trip, what I like to think is we go, we go trips Friday night to Sunday afternoon. Sunday, when I get home at 2 p.m., that's when I can worry about everything else. But from Friday night to Sunday morning, all I'm thinking about is how I'm going to spend time with the guys, how I'm going to make sure this trip goes smoothly, what I'm going to tell for my stories at the campfire, and uh, who I want cooking the bacon, because there's one kid who likes it charred. And uh, we just don't let them cook bacon anymore. So, uh, but tr truly spend time with the people around you and in the moment. That's what Live in the moment. That's a great piece of advice. All right. So there you have it. That's it. This special bonus crossover episode is in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with the guys from Lost on Purpose and Tales of the Trails. 
want to thank them for joining us this week. Guys, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? At Trails Podcast everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, you can find us at Trails Podcast or on our website, trailspodcast.com. Everything is just Trails Podcast, so it's super easy to find. Um, so go follow us, Instagram, Twitter, and check out our website. Got it. For me, uh, probably Instagram is the best. We do have a Facebook, not used a ton, uh, but that is lost underscore on underscore purpose underscore pod. And yeah, uh, message us. We love feedback and any sort of, whether it be constructive feedback or good feedback, bad feedback, whatever it is, we'll take it. Okay. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. That's a wrap from the John Freakingmuir studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, guys? Shout out to Troop 232 Ashland. You guys are the best. All right, got mine out. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to shout out my mom. <laughs> Classic. Love Hi, mom. mom. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for uh, helping me with everything in, uh, in day-to-day life. So I couldn't do it without you. Nice. And I will give a shout out to Chopper and Jukebox, two of the best hiking partners out there. So thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water. Every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.